Hello and welcome to WRI's Big Ideas Into Action podcast. In this episode, we take a look at the Inflation Reduction Act signed into law by President Biden. It's widely seen as good news for climate action in the US, but what of the rest of the world and why? This particular bill actually invests in specific things to move the economy from where it is to a much more greener economy. So this is a lesson that India would need, South Africa would need, China would need. Hello, I'm Nicholas Walton, and this is the World Resources Institute's Big Ideas Into Action podcast. When President Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law, a cheer went up across the United States. The act is viewed as a serious bit of climate action legislation, and already much ink has been spilled by pundits and journalists explaining what it does and why this is good. Instead, in this podcast, we're taking a quick look at the international angle. Does it do much for the rest of us? And if so, how? Annie Dasgupta is WRI's president and CEO. I asked him for his first reaction to the act, especially after the ambitious climate agenda that President Biden had been elected on had for many, many months not led to any obvious serious action. There was a very high moment, right, a year and a half back. And then the year was really full of disappointing news, including what happened in the Congress, but also what happened in the Supreme Court. So it seemed like, oh, my God, in this great opportunity with this great administration, we will not actually get any of these outcomes in place. And then this happened, which for me was something real, some real far reaching, ambitious policies. This is not enough, but this is a great, great momentum for us to work together with. And this also, I think the way it is structured and we'll talk about a little more is going to encourage different parts of society, the businesses, the cities, the states to do more you know, this cycle of positive investments that we need for creating momentum. So I felt very positive, but you, I also want to position that this came, this relief of positive momentum, because we had very high expectation when the administration started and, and the last year was kind of complicated, as you well know. Drawing back a bit, we've seen a lot of encouragement and optimism from the American side of things. People think that this will actually make a lot of things happen over in the United States. But if we draw the canvas a little bit wider, the whole of the rest of the world, what should the rest of the world be thinking of when we when we look at President Biden signing that piece into law? I think beyond the United States, and, and there's enough been written in the last two weeks about the implication of the United States, the 40% reduction, you must have seen all that. I think in three ways it'll impact the world. One is United States leadership in global climate action. United States is a very important player for galvanizing, increasing momentum, increasing finance, getting countries together. And United States has done this before Paris, at Paris, since Paris, even last year at Glasgow, we saw. And given their domestic agenda now has momentum, this will give wind and sails of United States in bringing countries together. I can't tell you how important that is. Because as you know very well, even the rich countries, the G20, even them and the other countries together, what commitments they have made so far doesn't reach to 1.5 degrees. So ambition is much more needed. And with that, finance is needed to make sure those ambitions are actually converted to outcomes in the country. So one, it'll actually provide the momentum on U.S. leadership, which I think is very much needed. The U.S. has played a very important and positive role in climate diplomacy in the world. And I think that will continue. The second, I think, kind of interesting, because the United States is such a big economy, the technological shifts that are invested in this. So let's take example of automobile, for example, or batteries. 
that the investment that will make electric automobile much more accelerate the sale and use of it, that creates this momentum to drive down prices, as we have seen in solar, for example, or hydrogen or carbon capture. Those price decreases and technological innovation is actually a commodity in the end, will be important for the world. So the world will benefit because it's such a big market. If prices of batteries came down or price of cars came down, so there is a very big spillover effect of the technological innovation the U.S. will invest on. And the third more important thing is that this particular bill actually invests in specific things to move the economy from where it is to a much more greener economy. So this whole thing we all be talking about, transitioning the economy. So investment it makes on energy, on technologies, even food systems. So there's, I think, $60 million billion. I might get the number wrong. Those investments actually shows how do you transition economy. I think every country in the world, and where you live, Nicholas, you has tried to do the same thing, actually, in their own planning, that these two major economies actually showing the world what kind of investments you need to make to transition economy, I think is a huge lesson. We at WRI will very much focus on that because we want to get this learning from early movers here to the countries across the world. So this is a lesson that India would need, South Africa would need, China would need. So I think these are three ways this bill, though this is domestic, though this is the United States, will impact the world. And picking up on that idea of showing how things can happen, that's critical, isn't it? Because it's 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 not just how you actually do things, which technologies you need to help innovation to happen, consumers to, to, to find things more within reach, but it's also how to actually do this politically. Because after all, part of this bill is actually showing that climate action is about opportunities, not about just sort of putting on your hair shirt and making the sacrifices now to save abstract future generations. Well, absolutely. I mean, I mean, think about it. It's not called the climate bill. It's called the Inflation Reduction Act, IRA. Because that's the reality, right? The reality is how do you get the economy back? One of the interesting provisions in that is the point you're just making, getting the policy, making sure it is wide-reaching, it impacts more people. So the criticism of electric vehicle has been that it is, you know, only middle-class people buy new cars and you just subsidize new cars. It's and it's also expensive. So one idea is basically how do you reduce the price, right? How do you do more to reduce price? But now there's a provision in this also for the tax rate for used cars, because most you know, low-income people buy used cars. You know, these shifts are taking place and we all are learning how do you make this climate goals that is politically right and actually benefits most people, because ultimately this has to benefit more people if you want wide adoption of such policies. So you are absolutely right. I think we are learning. I think we are learning from EU policy and it's how what will happen in EU. We will learn from the United States. And this far-nature economic shift, uh, Nicholas, every economy in the world, rich or poor, has to go through the shift. So if, when a large economy like the United States embraces this, we learn a lot and it encourage others to embrace the same. And what does it mean for the poorest countries around the world? That, that's a really interesting question. I think the three points I made about the economic shift, learning about transition, all these things are relevant to the poorest countries in the world. But the poorest and the most vulnerable countries actually have a other problem. The other problem is actually finance, having the resources to support the transition. Some of these countries are debt-ridden and they do not have enough flexibility in their own finance to finance this. This is where I think this is wonderful news that the United States actually have a momentum in the domestic agenda. 
But now United States, the administration and the Congress has to focus on their commitment, the global agenda and making them the global leader in moving the finances. Uh, President Biden's committed, I think I might get the number wrong, about $11.5 billion in different buckets, supporting transition, supporting its goals towards $100 billion per year. These are the things that the United States would have to do now, and I hope it happens quickly. That will not only provide the momentum that the United States, the IRA provides, but also provide the momentum in getting the finances, which the vulnerable countries most absolutely need. And I think the next, just if I can connect this question to the next COP, you know, this idea of solidarity, that countries are together to move this shift and the richer countries are going to keep the commitment to finance this transition as they have already committed. This is the shift, the next step for the United States leadership. And we are all hoping that that will come sooner than later. That was Annie Dasgupta explaining why the Inflation Reduction Act is good news for the rest of the world, as well as for the United States. We've more about it on our website, including an insights piece looking at the six big benefits from the Act, and you can find that at WRI.org. You can also track down more of our podcasts there, or simply subscribe on whatever app you listen on. I'm Nicholas Walton, and thank you for listening.